Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi there, and welcome again to this Explaining History Study Extra. Um, as you know, I am a teacher at uh, King's Inter High. It's an online school, very good one. And if you are... Uh, interested in uh, learning online you could do a lot worse than to check them out and this by the way is not paid for they uh, they don't uh, spare a dime uh, i'm just bigging them up because they're my employers and they're cool guys anyway so uh, i tend to create um, little recordings from time to time for students that I have and today um, this is goes out to them but it also goes out to anybody who's studying history anywhere in the world with um, if you're studying the history of the the Russian Revolution and the development of the Soviet state so I'm going to talk about um, Lenin his testament his death and the 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 last couple of years of his life and the kind of the consequences in the establishment of the power struggle which is concluded uh, with the accession of Stalin to supreme power by 1928 so um, a lot of this is kind of interconnected with the events of the Russian civil war okay so obviously um, October 1917, the Bolsheviks come to power, and from 1918 to about 1921, 22, there's a civil war, um, which up until 1920, it's not certain the Bolsheviks will win. Lenin has to put, has to bring about extreme policies in order to ensure that victory. One of them being war communism which is the total control of the uh, of the economy the total control of um working time and workers rights the abolition essentially of work of, of any kind of workers rights that emerged as a result of the soviets in uh, 1917 uh, and the control of the food system so it, it is the first great looting of the peasants the second one of course is collectivization and when the civil war ends and Trotsky and I paraphrase here essentially says we we won the civil war but we had to destroy the country in order to to do it um Lenin by the end of the civil war uh, is seriously unwell he's had uh, a number of strokes um this wasn't helped by the fact that he was shot several times in 1918 by the uh, social revolutionary assassin uh, Fania Kaplan um, and um, they, some of the bullets were never fully re- retrieved from his, his body he was very, very lucky to survive um, 
as Lenin um, grew more and more unwell, was less and more and more frail, uh, was less able to um, engage in, um, in in political life. Um, it became more difficult to discern what the future held. Um, in 1921, following the um, Kronstadt uprising, the Antonov Peasants' Revolt, uh, and the workers' um, uh, the, the the workers' movement within the party. Um, Lenin essentially says uh, that, uh, I mean, particularly with the Kronstadt revolt, that this is a, a bolt of lightning that has illuminated the entire landscape. We can now see the extent of opposition to us in Russia. We can now see the, the, the fact that we will not survive for very much longer unless we have a, a temporary and strategic withdrawal. Um, there is huge debate over um, what was meant, uh, what Lenin intended with his next policy, which was obviously the uh, new economic policy. The new economic policy was um, Lenin's strategic withdrawal. He said, we'll hold on to the commanding heights of the economy, uh, steelworks, coal mines, railways, you know, the, the stuff of kind of industrial capitalism or now industrial revolutionary socialism. Uh, but we will allow small-scale uh, profiteering amongst the peasants. They'll be able to keep grain surpluses, which we've been uh, looting from them. Um, and there will be um, a, a, a small degree of free enterprise that um, small shops, bars, cafes, restaurants, that kind of thing, will be able to proliferate. And... Um, Lenin, because he dies in 1924, never specifies how long this was meant to last. And it's, it's kind of speculation. It, we can only speculate how, how long actually Lenin, Lenin intended. Uh, my sense is that probably he thought in order to rebuild Russia, you would need to allow the NEP to last for a very long time, you know, a matter of decades. Um, the creation of the NEP policy divides the Bolshevik party. There are those on the left that say we this was a war to eradicate capitalism. Um, there are the more pragmatic Bolsheviks that say, well, yeah, but you know, we if we destroy if we rip up all markets and all market mechanisms, the country will survive. The country will starve. It will collapse, and then our uh, very hostile neighbours will simply march in and overthrow the revolution as easy as that. Um, Lenin is Le Lenin gives no indication of, of this, and because he gives no indication of what's meant to happen with the most fundamental issue of the day, i.e., how the economy is meant to function and who in, in whose interest it's meant to function. Um, that gives Stalin uh, an opportunity when he um, comes to power, or when, uh, throughout the process of him coming to power by 1928, Le Stalin essentially answers the question in 1928 of what the future direction of the Soviet economy will be, and he um, answers that with uh, collectivization and the, the five-year plans. But we're, we're, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Um, Lenin made... Uh, a number of contributions to Stalin's uh, to Stalin's accumulation of power. Um, the first was making Stalin general secretary of the party, 
Um, Trotsky often used to kind of deride this as a, a, a kind of plodder's job, but it's a job in which Stalin was able to accumulate huge amounts of information and therefore power. Um, he was given the power of um, appointing party secretaries and party bosses uh, across the country and therefore he was able to build a gigantic network of um, supporters based on patronage. He would spend hours in his office with his pipe um, going through lists of people to be removed from jobs and going through lists of people to be uh, appointed and if you imagine what life would have been like in the early 1920s in Russia. The party and party membership is the way you can guarantee access to two things. Accommodation, a nice apartment to live in, and food. Um, and at the same time, uh, well, the thing is, this is always, it's always kind of existed in Russia, but networks of patronage emerged based on uh, party membership and uh, party favoritism. If you knew somebody who was the boss in Voronezh or somewhere like that, then you were able to kind of leverage that and get yourself uh, an apartment. Uh, often it might involve the eviction of somebody else. Um, but scarce resources required this, this, these party networks. There's a Russian term called blat. You know, if you have blat, it means you have connections. And, and you can uh, leverage those. So because so Stalin appoints party loyalists across Russia, noticeably Trotsky doesn't do this. Trotsky has a network, uh, a small network of people who agree with him, other intellectuals and journalists and, and party members. But it's no, it is as nothing compared to the gigantic... Uh, network that Stalin creates. So Stalin was very good at building the groundwork for himself uh, to uh, bring bring about his eventual rise to power. The other thing that Lenin brings about uh, before he dies, 1921, is a ban on factions in the party. Now we know that um, obviously Russia is a one-party, uh, the Soviet Union is a one-party state, and that the Bolshevik Party, or now the Communist Party, are in charge. However, in early earlier conceptions of what uh, a one-party state might look like, many Bolsheviks imagined that there would be uh, in sort of inner party debate, so that the democracy, for want of a better word, would be. Uh, different voices from within the Bolsheviks putting forward different ideas as to how um, Russia should develop as, as a new society. Oh, but um, the, that would necessitate other parties, potentially counter-revolutionary parties, being banned because all they will do is try to overthrow you and bring about another bloody civil war. However, by about 1921... Um, the, the the kind of the pressures of the civil war, Lenin's own personality as a kind of very controlling, very suspicious individual, meant that more and more decision making was concentrated in his hands and his hands alone, taken out of um, the the kind of the debate that the that happened within the party or debates that within the party, and he would simply make make decisions on his own. And when this was um, objected to, 
then in banned factions and said that if people form factions which could be as innocuous as two members of the party having a, a private chat about something or other uh, over in the corner Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation They said yes And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said, what the f*** are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Um, that they could be expelled from the party. And Stalin uses this later on to expel all sorts of dissenting voices from the party. Getting expelled from the Bolshevik party, or the Communist Party as it becomes, is a more serious deal than, you know, if one was expelled from a, a party in a democratic country. Not only do you lose the privileges that come with being in the party, but you also lose, you, you also become a figure of suspicion you become the sort of individual who uh, winds up on the radar of the various secret police, various iterations of the secret police, from the Cheka to the OGPU to the NKVD. Um, and those people who were expelled in the 1920s, their name went on a list. And when the Great Terror came around from 1936 37 onwards, they were on the list to, the first on the list to be arrested. Or, you know, at the t- at high up the list to be arrested. So expulsion from the party was a very, very serious business. When Lenin died, Lenin left a his political testament. Now, there's an interesting thing written that's been written, re- not I say recently, in the last 10 years, by a historian called Stephen Kotkin, who argues that Lenin's political testament couldn't possibly have been written by him. He was too unwell. In the, the, in the, the, the time period that we imagine it was written or even dictated, Lenin couldn't actually speak. And Stephen Kotkin puts the theory uh, that um, uh, Lenin's wife, Nadezhda Krupskaya, uh, was probably the person that wrote the political testament. We may never know, um, but it's it's an interesting thesis anyway. Most historians go with the idea that it probably was Lenin's political testament. Again, it's difficult to see 
you know how how it got to be uh, dictated but you know who knows in it the members of the um uh, the the existing members of the Politburo are all roundly criticised, and we'll in another podcast we'll look at um, these individual members. There had originally been four kind of key figures before during the the Civil War who had um, um, managed the revolution, which was Lenin, Stalin, Trotsky, and Yakov Sverdlov. And Sverdlov dies during the Civil War. But by 1924, you have obviously Lenin, Stalin, Trotsky, Kamenev, Zinoviev, and Bukharin. Um, everybody is roundly criticised in Lenin's political testament, but none more so than Stalin. When the um, when the the members of the Politburo look at the political testament following um, Lenin's death, they choose to bury it. They choose not to publish it. And when they do this, this plays into Stalin's hands, everybody in it would have been discredited to some degree, but Stalin would have been politically finished by what Lenin has to say. And one of Stalin's key claims is that he was the inheritor of Lenin's wisdom. Lenin, who has been raised to a kind of almost cult-like figure um, in, uh, in Russia, um, who, who is mourned um, by um, thousands who are, after he dies, being seen to be the inheritor of Le- the Leninist tradition is very, very important. And for Stalin to have been directly criticised by Lenin, um, who calls him sort of ignorant and uncouth and not suitable to wield power in in Russia, Stalin had been very rude and abusive to uh, Lenin's wife, to Nadezhda Khrushchev, um, which is perhaps where um, uh, uh, Lenin had misgivings uh, about him. For this to have been made public would have been would have been catastrophic. When Lenin uh, died, uh, his fu- his state funeral uh, was held, and Trotsky doesn't make the funeral. Um, there are all sorts of theories about this. One is that Stalin told him the wrong day, which to me seems fanciful. Um, someone like Leon Trotsky, who successfully managed most of the war effort of the of the Bolshevik armies, to be caught out like that and not to check things uh, seems to be uh, unrealistic. The historian Orlando Figes, in his book uh, Russia, a People's Tragedy, which as a kind of an overview of the Russian Revolution is always a good reader. He argues that Trotsky perhaps unconsciously maybe was, was showing that he wasn't interested in power itself. Leon Trotsky it was a really professional revolutionary. He was somebody who advocated to um, the rest of to Russia and to, to the, the, the Communist Party and to the rest of Russia 
that the, the 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 future direction of the Russian Revolution was to spread itself to have what Trotsky called permanent revolution. Trotsky was less than less comfortable settling down as a government minister or even a, a future leader of Russia, and wanted to be um, involved in 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 permanent revolution. Um, this perhaps explains why he is kind of almost self-sabotages in this way and doesn't turn up to Lenin's funeral. This is considered to be an act of gross disrespect and something that Stalin uses against Trotsky. We'll look at the, uh, the battle between Stalin and Trotsky perhaps another time. The other way of uh, um, thinking about um, the difference between Stalin and Trotsky is this question of permanent revolution which Trotsky advocates versus what Stalin suggests is, is socialism in one country um, and again this, this is how Stalin breaks away from um, the uh, f from um, the rest of the party and, and presents um, a, a vision of what the Soviet Union could be like as this um, insecurity and this, this lack of clarity about where the Soviet Union is going and Stalin says here's what we should do socialism in one country involves the building of um, socialism in the in sort of Marxist dialectics the idea is once the socialist revolution happens you have a long period of kind of hard work and struggle and you know the, the communist promised land is somewhere over the horizon uh, where you know you live in this kind of abundant utopia but Stalin said you know we, we've got to go through the long period of building up industry in the Soviet Union and particularly for defense because the counter-revolutionaries they will come for us eventually uh, they've done it they've tried it a couple of times they will come for us eventually uh, and they will they will bring be there to kind of put down the revolution and later on in the 1930s Stalin's explanation for who Hitler is really he says that you know Hitler is the kind of counter-revolutionary attack dog of the capitalist classes which is kind of a misunderstanding of Hitler um, Stalin doesn't believe in permanent revolution and thinks that Russia's in no shape to be spreading spreading itself revolutionary wise and also after the Russian revolution there is a wave of possible kind of halfway house revolutions in Russia, in places like Hungary uh, and Germany and they, they don't succeed by the early 1920s it's clear that revolutionary socialism is not going to spread from Russia and so instead defending the country and building up large armies and heavy war industries is Stalin's solution and this is the I, this is what wins out in the end in the, the power struggle Okay, I hope you found that useful, um, and I'll be doing another regular podcast later today. So thanks, all the best, and uh, take good care. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. 
Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.